Welcome to the Street Smart Mental Health Podcast. We are coming to you, as always, from the Lou Fuse Automotive Group Studios. My name is Michael Wellington, and my partner, as you know, is the Natty King, Brandon McNamee. How are you today? Great. Good. How you, are you? You see, I've, I'm very well. You seem very chipper on a Friday. It's Friday, pal. It's Friday. All day. And I, uh, yeah, and we're going to go to the uh, St. Charles County Fair later. Oh, and then I got asked by some dude, this is a little off topic, but a guy on my Facebook page, the end is near, so let's drink beer. He tagged me in something, and he's taking me in the demo derby tomorrow as a passenger, <laughs> like on the fucking car. Seatbelt. Yeah. He said I got to wear a helmet. Like, I don't know what I'm in for here, bud. Now, when you go to a fair, do you wear a black T-shirt? I feel like that's the place where a lot of people would wear a black T-shirt. I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's. I I just do that. Like that's just what I wear. I feel like a wife beater black T shirt <laughs> yeah, is the yeah. best. Yeah, for a yeah, fair. yeah. Depending on where the fair is at. If you're in Jefferson County or Lincoln County, you know you gotta you gotta adjust. St. Charles County's kind of polo popped collar. You know, oh yeah, cowboy hat for sure. That that outfit. I want to hear how that goes. It'll, oh fuck. I'll tell you. Today we're going to talk about a, a large range of topics. We have David Stewart with us. David, how are you? I'm doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, man. We're fired up to have you. Please tell our listeners some of the work that you do, just so they kind of have a little background on, on what you're doing out in the world today. Sure. I started off my career as a personal trainer, uh, working a lot with the anatomy and the body, which led me down a lot of different pathways. So it got me fascinated with the nervous system, why people are responding in classes to certain emotions and what's that triggering even during a workout was super interesting for me. The anatomical structure of the body too, like why certain people can do certain movements and other ones can't. The limited range of motion with our joint mobility, what's happening for us heart rate variability wise, why we can push ourselves at certain times and not others. So that really started me off on my career, and I've always been into psychology, too. What's happening from a psychological perspective, how a person views the world, what limitations they're finding inside themselves, inside their environments, and what's creating this idea of what subjectively we're calling reality. So that led me to a bunch of series of well-being coaching courses, holistic lifestyle coaching courses. I ended up going back to grad school, and I got my master's in family therapy, which taught me a lot about family systems, intergenerational trauma, you know, things are handed down to us and our biology that affects our hormones, it affects our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system, our central nervous system, and the way we want to respond to caregivers, which affects later in life the way that we respond to relationships, romantic, anything like that. But this is all kind of coming together in a whole package. What makes me me? What makes you you? And so I'm really approaching health and wellness today from a psychosomatic perspective, and that means mind and body, how the mind, how the body is connected, what's it doing for us. Are you living the life that you value, that you want to create? Or are you living a life where you feel bondage to yourself, to ideas of what you think you should be in this life? And that's kind of like a, a general outlook of what I'm doing. Dude, that's a good... Dealing. I, I 
what you just said about being bonded to like you think that like I have a lot of this is what my dad was like. This is what my childhood was like. This is what I'm going to be like that kind of mentality. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. So, yeah, that's probably a limited thinking. I should probably. Well, and it's it's what we all do, too. It's, yeah. it's a certain level of awareness that we have. Yeah. And so we're just conditioned to thinking like this is it. This is that's who I should is. be. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much more to it. I mean, we are this that's living, good to know. breathing organism. If we remembered how powerful we are, and I do mean powerful in a way of like, how connected we are to everything, we would just completely fucking relax. Yeah, yeah. Like this is a beautiful moment. We're present. So much greatness is happening every single day. And we forget about that because we get tied up in like the shoulds or where I where I think I should be in life and what my life should look like <laughs> five years mm-hmm. from now. And Absolutely. I need these goals to hit. And my life becomes about hitting these goals. And I'm not practicing just enjoying the day for what it is. And, you know, even when you hit those goals, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's incredible. But it is a fleeting moment. And so if I'm not practicing being present, being with myself, really embracing the moment for what it is, really enjoying this day, then even when I hit my goals, I'm, I'm only going to be limited in my ability to really embrace that for what it is. I can't really enjoy it fully. You know, I can't really enjoy sitting across from my daughter and what she's doing in her life if I'm not practicing that for myself. But yeah, to your point, like, yeah, that's, that's good to know. Cause I think a lot of people, myself included, a lot of people think this is just the way it is. Yeah. This is I'm genetically wired forever to be like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's really good to hear. You know, there's, there's, it's not like that. It doesn't <laughs> have to be the like shit that. You can do. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that. Right. There's right. choice that we have. That's well, and what I hear when you talk about some of the things you do and what you're working on is like. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're into getting better and helping other people get better. Yes. And I think that's something that, you know, like kind of Brandon was saying, this is this is what I was supposed to be. This is mm-hmm. what I'm going to be. But if you kind of throw that mindset to the side and you focus more on, well, what can I do to to take that next step to, to improve, yeah. whether it's a job, a relationship, parenting, whatever? I mean, I think that's kind of that's must be something that centers around some of your work. Yeah, it's very important, I think. And I do, I studied, you know, family systems. So it's, it's looking at so many of our choices are built upon, like the nervous system, you know, for instance, 24 to 36 months, if you look at attachment theory, that's when it's really being conditioned. So if my caretaker comes and provides me with one of my needs when I'm crying, I know that I'm secure. I know that I'm safe. If I don't, if I get neglected and they're not coming to let me know, like, it's okay if they're not bringing me milk, whatever it is, I'm going to develop anxiety or eventually over time, I might even become avoidant, right? And so that's our attachment. But our nervous system is being built in those months. And so that's going to play out when I'm 25, when I'm 30, and friendships and romantic relationships, I'm going to avoid my partner built on how my nervous system is triggered in certain situations. Isn't that fucking but crazy? this isn't fixed, you know? Like, this is something that we can recondition over time, depending on what we want to experience in this life. And that's what we forget. We can create new experiences for ourselves. And to your point, you said, like, becoming better. I want to clarify something, too. I don't think any of us are like a project that is damaged or flawed or fucked up beyond reproach. I think, what do we want to experience in the one life that we have? And they did this statistical anomaly, right? So the fact that you're sitting here, Mike, the way that you are, is uh, statistically like one in 400 trillion chance that you are the way you are today. 
But really, if you think about it, it's like more like point zero 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 one, like one in infinity that you are here the way you are, right? Mm -hmm. And this 3D celestial body with this consciousness and everything else that's happening. And so given that information, it's like being alive is the most vulnerable thing that there is because we're all going to die. And that's not a bad thing. It just, it, it can put so much of an emphasis on, well, with this life that I have, how do I really want to live it? What do I really want to do with it? And how can I really experience it without any limitations to embrace it and, and all its magnificence and glory? Love it. Yeah. Fucking. I mean, how do you feel? I'm, do you I'm feel real good? good. I'm dialed in. Are you ready? I'm listening. <laughs> My goodness. Shit. Um, yeah. So in all this work you've done with people, is there a case or maybe one or two cases that jumps out in your mind where you've seen someone go from one place to another that's significantly better? Yeah, I mean, I can think of a few clients that I've worked with where that's happened. It's it's always a process, and it's like it's something where it feels like okay, there was kind of like an aha moment or an illuminating moment for the client, and it's always coming from the client. Like it, it can never come from me. All I do is hold space to help them create awareness for themselves, and so they'll have like a good moment and then a bad shitty few weeks, and then like more good moments and then a couple more shitty weeks. But it becomes this process of waves. And so what is really happening over time is that their highs are becoming not as high and their lows are becoming not as low. So their waves are more in this middle gray space where there's more acceptance, there's more appreciation, there's more resiliency. So an ability to see stress is a good thing. More actually. gratitude. More gratitude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gratitude's everything. I and agree. Yeah. It's not, it's not even just thankfulness. Gratitude is really like, I am so grateful for my life and what's happening that I'm going to give back service to others. So it doesn't stop with like just being thankful. Like right. I'm going to come here, do this, help you do, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. When did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Oh, uh, was there like an aha moment or was there like a gradual when you were in studying this kind of thing? I mean, did you, did something hit you like a bolt of lightning or were you just, I think I've always been more kind of intuitive on that side, mm -hmm. you know, in high school, like my, the best class was interpersonal communications out of like everything. Yeah. It was this thing though, like, okay, I'm going to take this track as like, personal trainer, therapist, these different routes. And there's a lot of things in society where it's like, well, you're not going to make that much money doing that. There's, there's limitations, there's ceilings, potentially, right? Like these were limited thoughts that I had about avenues back when I was like 18, 19 in college. I remember being in a psychology class in college and we were learning about Phineas Gage and he was this guy that railroad tracks, he, there was an explosion and the spike went up and went right through his cranium, oh, but shit. it didn't kill him but it completely altered his personality. So it was this fascinating study. Really? But there were so many studies like that. It just captivated me. Phineas Gage? Yeah. I'm putting that in my notes. I don't so, hear that shit. Yeah, there were things the first like time I've heard that name. That, that I was like, I was just interested in. And I was always interested in human behavior, Phineas. what's happening for the other person, what's happening for myself, with like a deep space of caring, like just curiosity and openness. Mm -hmm. And so it was something that I was always gravitated or, or pulled towards or not even always pulled towards, just really into. And I think I took a bunch of different paths before I decided that this is really what I want to do. I had to try out a bunch of different stuff, you know. I sold life insurance. That Male was not for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and it always, I think we'd all agree that it feels good to help other people, no matter if it's like helping someone with a spare tire or helping someone with their mental health or helping someone move, you know, it just, it always feels good to give. And I think that's what you do on a really high level. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's what I hope to do for sure. Yeah. No, you're doing it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. 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 It sounds happening. like it. Well, we, we got connected <laughs> to you through one of your clients or patients, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And he spoke extremely highly of you. And that's why we wanted to have you in here. Yeah. Well, among was, other reasons. That was cool. That meant a lot to me, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's Beautiful. true. And, and one of the things that I've gathered and talking with you a little bit about what you're doing is it seems like you're willing to go the extra mile to find out what will be helpful to people in all different facets, right? Yes. And you recently went on a excursion. I can, did. Can we call it an excursion? A journey. I like to call it a journey. Tell us all about, you went to Colorado for this? I did, yeah. Tell a medicine us about journey. A medicine journey, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was the most beautiful experience that I've ever had, like truly. And I had been more or less being called to this for a couple of years. I'd say three Four years. And so it's something where I was a big fan of Aubrey Marcus, too. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He has his own podcast. He started this academy down in Austin, Texas called On It with Joe Rogan. And so they came out with this nootropic, Alpha Brain. Yeah, yeah. Lion's Mane and shit. Yeah, yeah. Reishi, Lion's Mane, all that good stuff. So I had been listening to him for years. He just, he was a, he had a different approach and he had this masculine vulnerability to him. And I do think that that's so healthy, especially for males, because we can become so closed off and it's like the only socially acceptable emotion from a male is anger. And, but we have all of this other stuff that's happening beneath the surface and we never get in touch with it. Like, is it okay to be sad? Is it okay to get insecure sometimes, you know, not acting out of insecurity, but definitely feeling it. And what is that like? And, and where can we go and how can we talk about that in a way that's safe for us where it's not like, you know, I got to be more of a man or this is making me weak because it takes a lot of courage to admit that stuff and, and work with it and be with it. And so he had those qualities. And, I, you know, he had been doing these ayahuasca journeys since he was like 18. And I think that was the first place that I really heard about that. And that was the, by the way, that was the medicine journey that I went on was ayahuasca. And we can get into more about what that is. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, just the spelling of the word is uh, wild. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and and it then, is. you know, you hear, I've heard different things. I mean, Every person I've ever spoken to about ayahuasca, they they refer back to the Aaron Rodgers, Joe Rogan interview, right? Yep. And to be honest, I don't think I listened to that interview as intently as maybe I should have. But to be able to listen to your account firsthand, I mean, we, we want to know, like, tell us all about it, man. Yeah. yeah. What is it? So it comes from a vine in the Amazon, right? And it's this thick liquid. It tastes very funky. But, so it's uh, a drink. Mm -hmm. you, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You almost sip it like tea. It's, you know, and it is very thick. So we would put some coconut water in there during ceremony to kind of mix it up to make sure you get it all in there. It is a plant-based medicine. It, it falls under the category of like a psychedelic, although it's different from anything like an LSD or, you know, I, I don't have any experience with like acid or anything like that. But from what I've heard, you know, you completely go under that medicine and you're, you're kind of gone. You're kind of gone with it. With the ayahuasca, you're conscious the entire time during your journey, during your experience. And this was in a place that was, a, it was a safe and secure environment. They had shamans there that have been practicing with the medicine for years, since the 90s, longer, that have done multiple retreats. They know what's happening with your body. So if you're having a trauma response, if you're... Like a panic. Yeah. Yeah. They can calm you down. They're right there with you. And they know all the tools, all the methodologies to kind of work with you. So you feel like you're okay, like you're okay to let go. And what this medicine really wants you to do is surrender. It wants you to go and surrender. And it's so hard for us to do, especially because of ego. 
an ego, you know, people talk about an ego death. Ego is important. It's not ego is what how I identify as a person in this 3D world, right. basically. So it's not that like we need to like like fuck your ego, get rid of it, anything like that. We need to mature it and nurture it and make it healthy again, and not get caught up in the the avenues of needing more just to feel better about myself or making comparisons about myself to other people or anything like that. It's maturing your ego so that you are a fully integrated whole person living in the state of oneness and gratitude, which is more than possible, by the way. It's not like this thing that's out of reach for us. You think it's possible for everybody? I think that it is available for everybody. I think that everybody has their own set of circumstances and choices to make in this life their own set of challenges, and it's what they want to do with those challenges. I mean, this is all about taking ownership of yourself in this life and deciding what you want to do with that. You know, that's where the free will comes in. So you talked about the ceremony, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, walk us through that. Yeah, tell us what that looks like. Like, when you say that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you guys are sitting around a fire and you're sipping this tea, and does it take... 10 minutes to finish the tea or does it take two hours? Like what is that? What are you like? feeling like? How long does it last? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, they do like the room, you know, there's candles, not a fire. So it's in a room. You're not outside. You're in a room. They do ceremonies outside too. This okay. one just happened to be in a room. And so there were, and I did, it was an all male retreat, which I'm glad I did. There were six of us. The brothers that I met on this retreat were just beautiful souls. And it was, it was really, really cool getting to know them. And they all come from different backgrounds. They all have their own sets of, pain and discomfort and suffering that they've been through. And I think that that's one of the things that was so great about having us all in this one space is, again, healthy masculinity. It's okay that we go through shit in this life. Like, how can we come together? How can we heal? How can we let go and heal? The ceremony started on a Friday night. We got there at about four o'clock and just got introduced, did everything that run you through a screening too. So you know, there's a P test and everything else. You can't have something that's contraindicated in your system. And what that means is you can't have like a benzodiazepine, a Xanax, these heavy pharmaceutical drugs that are actually going to not only get in the way of the plant-based medicine, but could also kill you. Oh, fuck. So that's you have to, to have all for. of that out of your so system. So let me ask you a question. <clears throat> so I take lithium every day for my bipolar, right? Mm-hmm. If I was to choose to do an ayahuasca ceremony treatment, would I need to go off my meds in order to do that? I'm not sure if that's contraindicated. So okay. it might not be. Okay. There are certain medications that are and certain medications that aren't. I wonder if SSRIs, and, you know, like I'm on Paxil. That would be a question that I can't personally answer right go now. go out there and pee, man. You got to whiz into the thing and let them check. Yeah. <laughs> so I was on a sleep aid called Trazodone because I've had trouble oh, sleeping for, for most of my life. Yeah. You know, That's a heavy one. It is a heavy one. Is it? Yeah. I, it a, I'm not going to lie. Like I think... Like Ativan? If you get hooked on trazodone, like, I don't think it's real great for you. Certainly, I'm not either. a doctor. Yeah. I mean, I felt that. So what, mm-hmm. it's to help you sleep? Trazodone? Oh, yeah. you sleep, yeah. yeah. Whenever I had an intense manic episode and I'd have to go to the hospital. You'd be up for days. It, well, no, I, I was up for days before I got to the hospital, and they would give me trazodone to make me sleep. Got it. And then I would always, I'd calm back down, and I'd get out of the full-blown mania because the trazodone would help me sleep. But then once I got out of the hospital after, it could have been a week, it could have been two weeks, I, then I would try to take the trazodone when I'd get home, and I was real groggy. In other words, it's just it's a real heavy, heavy drug. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. it takes your lights out, man. I, I could mean, see how just, that would not should... go well with ayahuasca, it would be not. my guess. Yeah. yeah. And so that's different. So for the lithium, I'm not sure. I, you know, there's are, there are things that you can't have in your system that are okay. 
I bet you'd be all right. That's a something. That's like a steady all the time type. It's not like a narcotic. Yeah, and it's also a salt, yeah. so it's a little bit more natural. But I, I mean, it's good right. to know. Like if somebody's listening and they want to, they, they may be on a medication right. and they want to look into the ayahuasca. They might want to yep. find out if they want to go off of it. To yeah, and the there's treatment. resources online that you can look to see. You know what is contraindicated to gotcha. the medicine itself. Yeah, we'll, we'll look that up. Yep. We'll, we'll do some research. Yeah, we'll see what's out there. We need to be better at research. Okay. So, you, so you go in the first, is it the first night you, you had the meeting with everybody? Yeah, we get then to know everybody. Do you do get the, right into the candle lighting and the tea or like what happens after Sort of, that? you get your cot. You got to pick okay. your cot on the okay. ground. That's, then that's going to be your spent. That's your fucking home. That's your fucking home, dude. <laughs> Besides seeing the sunlight for a little bit on Saturday and going to the bathroom, that was my home. That was my dojo, my cot. Your little cot. Yeah. So how long were you in this place? From Friday, 4 p.m. until Sunday noon. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you get up Friday, or you go there Friday, 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You're there. You get all adjusted, sit down. You talk to these, talk to the new homies, mm-hmm. and then you just they're like, here, let's, let's go? Sort of. There's an introduction. You know, our facilitator comes in, too, and he, he, is, he had the most beautiful soul out of anyone. I, it just... He's been through so much in his life, and when you're sitting across from him, you know, what you feel is just complete acceptance, and there's not a lot of people you can feel that and way. And this is the guy running the show? This is the guy running yeah. the show. This yeah. is a shaman. He's a magical person. He's done his work. He continues to do his work. He continues to show up for himself. He takes ownership of the things in his life, and his own experience, too, talking about he had difficulties with his parents growing up, and... And his family system. And he was so grateful. He's like, thank you for giving me the fertilizer to grow into the person that I am today. It wasn't like a bad thing. It was like you gave me what I needed to become the man that I am today. For better, for worse, all of this happening at the same time. So he would come around. We got to know him. And then we did our first cup. And the first cup is a smaller dose. You just want to get, we call her Mama Aya. So you want to get Mama Aya into your system a little bit and so get like to a know shot? her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You just send it? Slam it? You can. I, yeah. I sipped it a little bit. Uh, yeah. yeah. It depends on whatever blows your hair back, you know? Everybody's yeah. different. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think these little details are super interesting to uh-huh. somebody that's never done it. Like, I know I'm finding it. Uh, you know, so you do, the, you do the small, let's say, shot or dose. Yeah. And then what happens? Like, does, it, does something happen immediately or no. does it take? You sit up on your mat. It takes about... 20 to 30 minutes for it to really start to present itself to you. That's the language I want to use. That would freak me out, man. 20 minutes of sitting there just waiting, wondering, <laughs> am I going to get hit by a fucking train? <laughs> like, it's not a train. It's, it's, a, it's a slow, like a lotus flower that's slowly going to open up to you. And so while you're sitting there, you're just checking in with yourself. The music that's playing too, and they talk about this music, you know, from binaural beats to the different hurt frequencies that you can listen to, 528s for the love frequencies, 888 for the, the gratitude and growth. There's all different frequencies that we listen to that has a very big impact on our cells. Music. Music. Again, music Every is time. always Every coming time. up in this podcast because it's just so powerful. It's so powerful, right? Now, in this first stage, are you talking to the other guys or is everybody quiet or just listening to the music quiet? Once you take the medicine, you... So you don't want to be like talking to other people. Okay. You're just with yourself. You're listening to the music. The facilitators are there. It's a very serene environment. And after 20 minutes, you lay down and close your eyes and get to know Mama Aya. So 
What does that mean? Yeah, get to know the medicine. Okay. Yeah. The, the medicine is called Mama. Say it again. Mama Aya. Mama Aya. They okay. call her Mama Aya. Yeah. So you're not feeling trippy and you got visuals. Out. You're like, seeing things. It's different for everyone, right? So I saw geometrical structures. I saw interesting, very, very beautiful. Like when you close representations, your eyes? yeah. While I was in the medicine, that were I don't know how much I'm going to share of that today because it was very personal, but. Sure. So what I saw was different from what the other guys saw. And some of the, one of the guys said it was just like broken glass to him. You know, it was the first time he's processed a lot of this stuff and he had some significant trauma that he had been working through. And so for him, it was just opening him up for the very first time. And so it is going to be different for each person, right? It's what, and your intention going into the medicine is important. What's your intentionality? What do you want to do? How do you want to move through this? What you think is going to come up might not necessarily come up either. You don't know. Like it, it, it might not be the one thing that you go in there with wanting to solve or understand in your life. It's going to show you whatever it needs to show you at the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm enthralled. With yeah. how, how long is this lasting? You're laid back and I mean. It can last a couple hours. There's, we did a one cup and a two cup Friday night. I did not do the second cup on Friday night. I felt like I got I got what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. I got what I needed Friday night. Less was more for me. Okay. And showed me a lot of beautiful stuff. I had also had this nicotine addiction and it felt like it was shaking this nicotine out of my body and telling me like no more. And I haven't had any since. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just like that? Yeah. yeah. That's Whoa. Cool. It was a choice, That's right? Heavy. It's It's showing me what I need to see and the medicine, and then leaving there, the integration, like 2% of the healing happens on the mat, and the medicine, 98% is how you want to integrate it in your life after that. Wow. Now, we talked about this before you came in the studio today. I've heard a lot of people, when they go do it, they will vomit. They'll throw up. Mm -hmm. Now, you didn't experience that, right? No. Did anybody that was there experience that? No, it was interesting. They said that that was the most peaceful retreat that they had ever had. So okay. none of us purged. Nobody freaked out. Nobody freaked out. They didn't have to hold anybody down. Oh, like shit. there wasn't any, it was just a very peaceful retreat, which was cool. The energy was great. But purging is a huge part of it too. And think about it like the level of toxicity that you have in your body too. You've just suppressed emotions continuously throughout your life. You've put things to the side. You've ignored things. You have let your body, your body, that book, The Body Keeps the Score is is just right on. You can think your way through a lot of this stuff, but your body has a memory to it and intelligence to it that is vast and infinite, and it's storing all of this information. And so just because you think that you've worked through something, your body's going to have something different to say about it. You have to physiologically work through these different things in your life, and part of that is what you can do under this medicine. Incredible. So, okay, so first night, you decide to do one helping of the mm-hmm. tea, if you will. Some people do too. That lasts for a, a couple, three hours. Say like or three so. hours. Okay. And then do you guys go to sleep and then mm-hmm. like, like go to bed and then do you do this all over again the next day? Like what does all that look like? Yeah. Then morning, morning ceremony. And you don't have to do it too. It's an option if you want to do it or not. Most people do it. You're there to yeah. be with the medicine, you know, that was a beautiful ceremony. I did do a larger. So let's say Friday night I do, you know, what's called like one cup so on Saturday morning, I would have done two. That was a very, very beautiful and powerful journey for me. It felt, too, like over time, 
we put on this, for me, it felt like I've put on this hard shell, this extra layer because I've been hurt or I've been let down or I, I didn't show up for myself the way that I wanted to or things had happened that were difficult for me to accept in my own life. And so I put on this hard outer shell and what it really does is it blocks me from my ability to both give and receive love. And the reason for that is because I want to protect myself. I want to protect myself from getting hurt. And so what it felt like it was doing is almost cracking the shell open to let out this light and let in this light simultaneously that enables me to just feel connected. And like, it's not only okay to give love, but to receive love too. And like, if we think about that for a second, you know, there's parts of us and I don't want to speak for other people, but I do think collectively in collective consciousness, it's difficult to want to open yourself up to receive love at times. You want to put these limitations on things or you want to have an exact knowing of an outcome control over situations because of fear instead of just being vulnerable and in the moment with what's happening for yourself, respect for the other person, what's happening for this other person. And even if you're not in agreement with them, how can you still have love for them for where they are in their life, on their journey, and holding space for that? And that's, that's true vulnerability. And I do think that's what most of us want or aspiring to. There's no room for fear in that space either. You don't need it. There's just not. There's not this illusion, this cloud of like, oh, my God, this terrible thing's going to happen. It's like, it's going to be okay. I just want to appreciate what's happening right now. And so that part of the ceremony really did feel like it was cracking open that shell for me. Unbelievable. I mean, now, would it be fair to say, obviously, you're doing this to work on yourself and open yourself up, like Mm -hmm. you said, to give and receive love better. Does it give you a better awareness of what other people are going through to be more empathetic? Sure. Yeah. And the way that we can see that is always based on how we treat ourselves. The better that I will treat myself, the more I am able to sit in the discomfort of somebody else. And you'll see this in conversations all the time, too, where it's somebody wants to somebody's explaining something very difficult that they're going through. And the friend's like, oh, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about that. All that is, is the friend is like uncomfortable sitting with that person's pain. So they want this to end as quickly as possible. And all that person needs is for you or the friend to just sit there and listen to them. That's it. We just want love and support are always the answer. We just want support with these things. It's okay that bad things happen sometimes. It's okay that we walk through pain. It's not that it needs to be fixed or solved immediately. It's how can we walk through this, not only with grace, but to create resiliency so acceptance. that we can, yeah, acceptance, yeah. I learned, I, well, my, my first episode we did when, when, we, when you interviewed me, basically, and I was telling you about Claire Weeks. You remember who Claire Weeks was? Mm-mm. She teaches acceptance and how powerful it can be to just realize that the shit that you're going with, just accept it, don't fight it, just let it be there. Yes. Accept it, and like how much of an impact that's had on my mental health is fucking crazy. So, yeah. That's beautiful. That's, that's, that's amazing. I, I agree a thousand percent when you say acceptance and what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. We have covered so much here. Let's take a quick break and come right back. Looking for a dealership who cares about our community? Look to Lou. Lou Fuse gives back to local businesses and charities. Looking for a name that supports youth sports? Look to Lou for Fuse Athletic. And we're the official automotive sponsor of St. Louis City SC. Looking for a huge vehicle inventory? Look to Lou with 17 brands at 13 locations. For the very best car buying experience, you've got to look to Lou Fuse. Lou Fuse, we are St. Louis. 
The Street Smart Mental Health Podcast is powered by Birdies for Bipolar. Birdies for Bipolar aids veterans and civilians living with mental illness by using golf as recreational therapy. For more information, check out birdiesforbipolar.org. That's birdies, the number four, bipolar.org. Welcome back to Street Smart. Let's dig back in. So you go the morning, you have the morning ceremony. Mm-hmm. You have some more tea. Mm-hmm. Like how long does that session last? And then does the effect of the tea last all day long? Do you have another session later that day? Like Later that night, we have another okay. session. We have our first integration after three or four hours under the medicine. It was about three hours. Some of us, it was funny. It was all three of us on the left side of the room. So me and the two guys on the left side of the room were still under the medicine pretty significantly. And the other three guys on the right side of the room were not as, they weren't under the medicine as much. So when we did integration, only me and one other guy on the left side of the room could sit up and just somewhat participate in it. You know, everybody Um, else had to lay down. Is that? Well, one other guy was, he was just out. Okay. He was just sleeping. Okay. And the three guys on the right side of the room were all able to sit in chairs and, you know, more or less participate and the integration piece. And so when you say participate, is there like a certain topic or subject matter that the shaman is telling you to talk about? Oh, sure. I mean, to share experience, to share what's happening for you, to look at fear. How does fear affect you to look at letting go? What does that mean? What's the difference between letting go and healing? And how are these two things happening at the same time? Also, like I, I get a cut on my finger that heals but I still have to let go from the event that happened. And so emotionally, what does it look like to heal from an incident and also let go of what's happened there, right? The, the windshield's much bigger than the rearview mirror in life. And so to always be open to what's, what we're moving towards, what's happening right now. And I was just in a really great place. There, there wasn't, I was just super happy, to be honest, Saturday. And when we were doing the integration piece, it was just a little tough for me to put some, some language into what I was feeling, but I was... Now, why was it difficult? Because of the, medi- of the medicine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. it was, was it overwhelming or was it just... No, no, it wasn't overwhelming. It was beautiful. It was euphoric. It was something where I was still just with the medicine. I'm trying to think of a language, like words to put to it. It wouldn't have been as easy as just having a flow conversation like this right now. You know, it wouldn't have been anything like that because mm. I don't know that I have exact words for it. I was just happy, observing, and yeah, I was how there. Think, how do you think that retreat has has changed you? Do you think it has? Besides, you know, quitting cigarettes or whatever that happened there, but yeah, I mean, it's opened me up to a new level of awareness about myself. It's it's helped me let go of fears that I've had around my life, around myself. It's shown me to another experience. And I think this part's really important because we can watch a movie, we can hear a story, we can see things that other people have maybe done. But until we have a new experience in our body, in our life, we don't know that that's an actual possibility. And so now I have an experience in my body and I know that this is a possibility to feel this way in life, to open up to life this way. That doesn't mean that there isn't bullshit, challenges, pain, things that I don't want to do. It does show me that there's a path and a doorway that if I'm willing to, I can continue to walk down it. And down this path, there is gratitude, there's appreciation, there's more of it. So there's more connection. 
there's more of an ability to be in that connection. But there's there has to be a willingness on me. Like I have to do my part with this too. And I can't know what's five, 10 years down the road. I'm just lighting one lantern at a time as I'm walking down my path through this life with trust. Am I going to choose trust? Am I going to choose fear? Am I going to choose faith? Am I going to choose love? Like, what is it? I read one time that Steve Jobs had used LSD quite a bit. Oh, he, yeah. He, he felt like, yeah, he felt like some of his success and why he was so prolific in creating what he created at, uh, with computers and Apple and IBM and all that stuff. I don't know if it's IBM, but Apple. But um, do you think that the ayahuasca you know, opened up a new place in your brain? Because I think that Jobs talked about how the LSD opened up, you know, a place in his brain that wasn't, wouldn't have been open otherwise. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And w- when we look at like microdosing too, or anything with these, you know, psilocybin and what these clinical trials have shown and proven to do for anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, all of these different symptoms. I love this analogy of, have you, do you go skiing? Do you ski? Not well. Okay. But you've been skiing. You know the idea, Not right? very much because it's, I don't know well. It okay. goes rolling. Do you ski? No. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> picture I, me on fucking skis. And it didn't <laughs> yeah. go well. I love it. I yeah. was worried it was an injury waiting to happen. And mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. I stayed away from it. Fair Good enough. call. Good call. But you know the concept, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. You're going down the hill and you continuously take the same route over and over again. So that's a path of least resistance. Let's think of it like that. It's just the path that you know. It's the path that you continue to take. And our cognition, our neuropathways, we're used to taking the same paths over and over again. And whatever it is, maybe it's you associate a certain place, a certain person to guilt, shame, fear, or you associate that thing, that person, that place to love, to acceptance, to joy. Either way, it's a, it's a path of least resistance. So what this is doing is it's basically providing a fresh powder, a fresh snow that covers the whole mountain and Mm. it opens you up. So now there's different choices. There's more expansion in the way that you are able to both perceive yourself and the world around you. What a great way to put it. I got that whole visual. Yeah. Well, well explained there. I definitely got that visual as well, man. uh, So obviously, and I got more questions about the ceremonies, but you'd recommend this. I would recommend, how do I want to say this? Because it's gonna be every, it's gonna be different for everyone, and so this might be really great for one person and not for another person. And so, what I would highly suggest is being open and curious enough about it to do some research and see if it is for you. I think that it is incredible what it's able to do for a person, for community, for connectivity, in so many ways. I do think that you know, with the microdosing, with a healthy regimen for plant-based medicine. This isn't like synthetic SSRIs or chemical-based. This is, this is a, a beautiful outlet to restoring health and vitality in life. I do believe that in time it can revolutionize both the world at large, the mental health field, societies, relationships, all of this. And it's going to take time to be open-minded enough to even look at this. People are, are just rooted and attached to the things that they know. They're stuck in these fear states. They're Let's stuck in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and not that this is different, but this isn't, this isn't saying that I need to take this pill every day for the rest of my life and be dependent on something. This is trying to provide both groundedness in your body and liberation for your life at the same time. And so I would recommend looking into it, being open to it, seeing what's out there for you. Does this work for you? Like, I can't say that, but there's definitely, and there's clinical research of the benefits that it's doing for people. And so not to shut the door on it. I feel like I would have a, uh, an, un, I don't think it would be, I don't know. Maybe I, don't, I need to obviously do more research, but shit like that freaks me out. Yeah. Like, I don't even like, like people are like, hey, you should try cannabis. Like, that's tough for me. Like, even just like, cause I just freak out with that shit. I don't know. I feel like that would, I would go into that and probably have like a bad trip or whatever you call it. Planning. Or is there I a way to not? exactly <laughs> why you would want to do this. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Fuck, I, would, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, exactly. Yeah. I, I live, I live basically, I, I uh, fear takes over a lot of my, right. I, I'm, a, I'm a high strung, anxious dude. Like, that's why we do the medicine, baby. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, well, when uh, you agree, need to go, I agree. You but need you, to go but you tomorrow. Just, <laughs> I would I'd, I'd pack my shit and go right now, but I feel like I would get there and like, not take it. I feel like I would trip. I just wouldn't even do it. I'd be like, all right, I'm here. I'm about to take it. And I would have so much fear around doing it. Or if I did, I'd be the guy that they're holding down. That's fucking yelling. Maybe. maybe I don't know, man. I feel like if you, if you went through with it, you would get through it. If you, if you jumped, if you jumped into the pool, you'd figure out a way to swim. Yeah, I do. Yeah, probably. Maybe. I don't Well, some of your work beforehand too, it's looking so, you know, and I was doing a lot of prep work for this before, but you get away from a lot of screen time. You get away from social media oh, sites. Christ, you get away yeah. from scary movies. You get away from the things that are triggering constantly your nervous system in a mm-hmm. way that is not serving you. And so some of your work is going to be, what is the fear that is holding you in place? What is it that you're so afraid to let go of? You need to start control. looking at that. Right, control. control. What do you think you need control over? I feel like I would ha- lose control of my my mind while I'm there. Like I would, like go fucking crazy, or and, my businesses fall apart, or my social media platforms that I run fall apart. I don't know. I just always got to have my fucking. I've got like 400 texts since I sat down. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just. It's that grip that you hold on to so tightly, though, that's uh-huh. actually keeping you from moving forward in I, so many ways. thousand percent agree. And so it's a great paradox. And at first, before you go into the medicine, if I'm clenching my hand this hard right now mm-hmm. and I do it for an hour, I'm not just going to open up my hand in an hour and it's going to be relaxed and my joints are going to feel good. I need to slowly release my grip, slowly open up my hand again, start to get blood flow and feeling so there's scaffolding, there's work in place before you would want to go into something like this. Even if you don't do the medicine, that's good work to do for yourself sure. anyway, though. Like, sure. you know, what do we really have control over in this life? What we say and what we do, that's it. What happens, outcomes, everything else, how this goes today, what happens later today, what happens with your social media platforms, Yeah, largely outside of your control. Yeah, maybe. So when you say like what you say and what we do is what we have control over, I feel like, well, if I do this, then the outcome over there will be better. You know Could what I mean? Be. Or like, so I have, I need to control that shit over there that's going on over there by doing something here right now. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm just. Yeah. What What's going on over there will be helped by what you do here, I think. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so wound tight all the time. Yeah. All the time. Constantly. I think you need to go. I well, if you say they got people, where's it at? By the way, it's out in Colorado. 
Oh, of course. I mean, <laughs> good time to go there. Yeah. You know, get there before October. You know what's funny? Perfect I, weather. I literally just got a text from on a group chat. I, it's just coming, blowing up my phone. My wife and my cousin, or her cousin, are talking about flying. They're booking a trip right now to Colorado. Denver. Denver. There you go. Area. Denver. Gorgeous. Is it? Gorgeous. I've never been there. <laughs> what? I've never been to Colorado. I never oh, been to you might never come Kansas. back. Really? Oh, yeah. I want to do that. Especially they, like this time of year when in the summer. Oh, it's, it's They were trying to book a trip to the beach. And I'm like, why go to the beach in the summer? Or go to the beach yeah, in the winter yeah, when you I want agree. to get away, get away from the fucking cold. But anyway, sorry. No, no, this is good. Dave, so you get through the afternoon of the Saturday. I do. And then and then there's another evening ceremony. There is that is, right? Yeah. And yeah. so is it the same procedure? More yeah. tea? Everybody's sitting in the same area, shaman coming up with topics. No, we don't talk during the medicine. Like so it's you're just, under the medicine, you're on your cod. You're so in the no medicine. talking. Yeah. Okay. Just music. Just the music. Music They'll, in your cot. They have um, tuning forks too. So there's different things that they can do. If you're, you know, and a tuning fork is, is a certain frequency. And are you guys familiar at all with like frequency, vibration, what all that sort means? And I don't mean in like a I don't think a lot of way. I mean, in, be, though. I mean, the only thing I think of when I think of vibration is, um, and I just know this from doing a gratitude journal all the time. Mm-hmm. When I do my gratitude journal routinely every day, like my frequency and my vibration is just better. I can tell just from everyday life, I can tell it through golf a little bit. Totally. And, and so when I think of the vibration, the frequency, that's what comes to mind. I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, and I, you know, there's been trials out there too. So if you apply like over, I believe it's 150,000 hertz frequency into the cell walls, you can actually kill off cancer cells. So what the actual vibration and the frequency is doing for for everything, and they have other studies too where it's if I take a certain tuned violin string and I apply sand over this the screen, you know, the the frequency that I can send from the violin string through the screen ah. on the sand creates what's called like a Fibonacci sequence. A Fibonacci sequence, they say, is the divine's thumbprint, but it is like a mathematical code where it's from the center outward infinitely. It's one plus one is two, two plus one is three, so on and so forth. It, but it's creating this, and we see these shapes in nature's and seashells and uh, tree trunks mm-hmm. all over, yeah. right? And so it's the frequency, the vibration that creates so much of what we see even in nature itself, and we are a part of that. And so... Uh, the tuning fork, if it's a, a certain applied frequency, a hertz, a 528, a love hertz or something like that, you know, if I put it on certain acupressure points on my body, my body's going to respond to that a certain way. So it'll allow me just to let go a little bit if I'm caught in rumination, a thought loop, anything like that. And it's using these different tools and methodologies and in life too, consistently over time, not depending on just one avenue. There is no like secrets. There's no special avenue or secret sauce that's going to give you all your answers. It's how you want to integrate all of this stuff for yourself. Awesome. You finish on the Saturday evening. You finish with the ceremony on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep. And then Sunday, is there more activities? or No, just a big integration. We all sit around. We talk. It was beautiful. And you yeah. hit the road. Yeah. Then you hit the road. Then you hit the road. Do you, you get hung over from this shit? Or? No. Good no. question. <laughs> I mean, you don't. I, don't, I feel like. What what does this kind of thing cost for somebody that's serious about it? Roughly, let's say six hundred dollars. Oh wow! I thought it was going to be like two grand. Yeah, yeah, I know that's pretty good. Six hundred dollars. So obviously, you got to fly there and travel and do that. But six hundred dollars to go to this? You could drive. You could drive. Fourteen. Is it something like that? So where's it at in Colorado? I'm not going to say. Oh, got it. Okay. Is this like a? Is it a uh, like a low key? Like it's it's legal, right? Isn't it? 
I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it is. In certain yeah. clinical trials, states of Oregon, maybe parts of Colorado, Northern California, the oh, psilocybin, okay. uh, ketamine, that kind of stuff is as far there. It's it's not legal. It's decriminalized. Got it. Okay. So you're okay. There's so a lot. This of an underground joint. Loopholes and stuff through yeah. it. Got it. Yeah, you're not gonna, you know, go to the state park and pull out a picnic <laughs> basket and have a journey. Yeah, uh, Dave, your knowledge on all of this stuff and just kind of mental well-being is vast, like stronger than anybody we've ever had in here. That's true. Uh, yes. If someone wanted to reach out to you via email or text or call you, can they do that? How would, sure. how, would how would they get in touch with you? Would it be best if I give you some of my information they could look it up via the episode or something like we that? Can, we can certainly put it in the show notes, no question. But okay. if somebody's listening and they want to write it down or something, I mean, or we'd, lo- we'd love to you know help people improve and get better by you know meeting with you. Sure, yeah. I would love that opportunity for people to, given the content and everything that we've talked about today, sure. I might just have you put it in the yeah. show notes yeah. instead of broadcasting it out loud. No worries. Or if they want to contact you directly, you have all my information sure. and they can get to me that way. Absolutely. I wanted to bring up one more point. You're talking about control mm-hmm. and what we look at so much is fluidity versus rigidity. So if you're in a constant rigid state mm-hmm. all the time, Always. you're holding so much stress and tension Oh, I'm going to die young. That you're yeah. not oh, yeah. able I'm to relax. And we mm-hmm. need to create fluidity again, almost like flowing downstream like a river. Yeah. And what does that look like? And in that, there's so much fear of letting go because you might lose this or that thing, but it actually opens up all these new pathways for you to see more of abundance and more opportunities, even in the businesses that you already have. And that abundance mindset, that prosperity that you can walk through life with, there's things that you begin to see that you couldn't see before because you were so scared and you had this narrow tunnel vision on something. And so it's allowing yourself to open up again, whatever it is for you. Can that that be achieved through talk therapy? That does not have to be achieved through medicine. Okay. That can be achieved through you just reconditioning your nervous system in the right way. You help people with that? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, after this, I'm getting your info if you're taking new... uh, Yeah. New clients. Yeah, man, I love this because I believe, and Dave, I'm going to take, you can tell me yes or no after I say this, but I just feel like this is more of a cutting edge approach, a more modern approach to help people improve themselves. You know, I just, in, in my experience in the mental health world, you know, I get people calling me, you know, to try and work with their kids or their wives or their ex husbands or their nephews because they're struggling with bipolar. And when I get to them, they're all hopped up on six medications and they're taking five different pills every day. And yeah. they're and they're so discombobulated that they can't even put side work in to help themselves because all these different pills are polluting their body that their brain can never get clear. And yeah. it sounds like some of the things you're talking about. This is just an easier way to get clear. When we don't need all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. We just don't. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And so it's it, we want to get just like soil health again. We want to get healthy soil so that we can have healthy growth and, and go through life like that. I'll tell you guys a story. I met with a girl yesterday who I worked with five years ago. And she has, we didn't really even know exactly what everything she had, but at that time when I worked with her five years ago, she was trying every medicine you could imagine and just overdoing everyone. Right. And when I met with her yesterday, she was like a totally different person. And I said, well, what meds are you taking? She's like, I'm off of everything. Yeah. And I was like, I love that. Thank God. Because How'd she, uh, she just stopped. She, she was, I guess her mind, 
tricked her into thinking that she needed to try all these different drugs five years ago, right? And I haven't really spoken to her in that long. And like she was speaking more clearly and she was making direct eye contact better. Hmm. And it was like, and I called her dad afterwards. And I was like, I don't know what you did to her, (laughs) but she is 10 times better than she was five years ago because I didn't think she was, I was worried that she was never going to recover and she was just going to get worse and worse. And when she told me that she stopped taking everything, I was like, well, that's probably why you're better. Right? Yes. You know? Yeah. Everybody, the whole deal these days is, well, let me get my hand. Once I get my hands on the right pills, it's not just pill, it's pills, that everything's going to be better. Well, it's way more than that. It's so much more than that. Yeah. It's it's working on things away from medication, among others, and just, yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, I take one medication myself, but I know that that works for me. Right. But, I mean, I feel terrible for these people that can never get a clear mind because they're so confused because all these different medicines are in their, in their bodies just shaking them up. It's, it's awful. It's a really a problem out there. I know you know this. It is. It's, it's building more toxicity, right? And it's not actually fixing anything. It's not actually solving anything. It's just continuing to perpetuate a very sick state. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a much larger cultural and societal issue at play there. Oh even from big pharma all the oh. way down and what, you know, it's, it's keeping us stuck in this yeah. system that just isn't, it's not healthy. It's not good for us. I when mean, was the last like, time you watched television and there wasn't uh, an advertisement or commercial for Pfizer or one of these companies, right? Like right. they're just shoving it down everybody's throat. Oh, and it's the best. They got yeah. people dancing in a field while they're right. talking about, hey, it might, might kill you, might cause this, right. might cause that. Yes. Whatever. And then they finish it with, <laughs> give your life a new chance, you know, yes. fuck today. It's like, Okay. You may feel suicidal if you try <laughs> right. our drug. But go ahead and try it. You should try it, though. All these rashes you're going to yeah, get. Yeah, everybody's right. dancing just, in a fucking I, and, sunflower and, and field. I feel bad for the people that are out there that see that, and they just they don't pay attention to the fine print or even what the commercial is telling them. They go ahead and they try to get their hands on whatever new thing that is mm-hmm. out, there, out there because they've tried everything else, and that hasn't worked either. It's just it's hard. It's sad to watch, too, when you can see it for what it actually is, because it's it's just continuing to do something in order to alleviate the symptom of pain and suffering instead of getting the resources necessary to move through it. The only way through it is through it. And so getting the right support, getting the right resources, building your own resiliency in order to do that is everything. Like I want to go through this. I want to take ownership of my life. I want to see what can happen here. What's possible? You need to go to Colorado. I think <laughs> I do. And I think that's a sign that they're randomly brought yeah, up Yeah, especially since you've never been. Here. I mean, I can't tell you how great it is, especially from like June till, you know, Halloween. It is phenomenal is it? there. Oh, yeah. It's what, you, I know you like, no, there's no humidity. It's, it's God's country. You were just there. You yeah, know? it's beautiful. There's yeah. nothing else. like The mountains, everything, the energy is just incredible. The weather's insane. I mean, the air and the energy is different there. Yeah, it's air so different. Energy. The air quality is unbelievable. Right. You get into the mountains and you can feel. Yes. You can just feel that. It's all now, those were, negative were you, ions. I, I know we don't want to name the city, but were you guys in the mountains at all? Or were you? I personally went to the mountains before my ceremony just to be in the mountains because mm-hmm. that was very important for me to yeah. be out there to be with that energy. Yeah, I mean, so. I think there's a lot to be said for going to the mountains, going to the beach, I've talked, maybe I've talked about this on the podcast, maybe I haven't, but there is, and maybe you can back me up on this, there is something about a full moon as well. Oh my God. will add energy. Yes. Because I know I did some research 
when I finally got healthy from the bipolar, I realized that there was stretches in January years ago when I would have kind of manic episodes or hypomanic episodes, and all those would happen on full moons. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know why, you know, gravitational don't think I'm a werewolf, pull. but you know, gravitational pull, is that what it is? Yeah, it changes the tide, it changes everything. So there's an actual, the gravitational pull and force is different. And so, yeah. And we're yeah. made of water. We are made of water, exactly. So you're being That's pulled exactly to the moon. They, I mean, everything that happens... Uh, well, a mental health facility <laughs> on full moons is interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. People get nutty. I mean, they yeah, they start to lose so their minds. That's real. Whenever people are like, "What is it? A full moon? What the fuck's going on?" Yes. A thousand percent. That's, that's a real. I can speak to real. Like I would have trouble sleeping on those nights. Yes. And sometimes now, even though I'm much healthier, sometimes I'll stay up a little bit later and I'll check to see if it's a full moon. I'm like, well, that's why I have more energy and I don't need to go to bed yet. Uh huh. It's wild. Well, it I is. don't even think the moon's real. It's a government space station. <laughs> They're just spying well, on us and shit. So we can look the weather. That. Yeah. So that's something else to talk about. Well, Dave Stewart, thank you so much for coming in and sharing all of this wonderful information. Yeah. yeah. Really, Thanks for having uh, me, guys. Really was, yeah, we really great. appreciate it. Impactful. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy the conversation. And I, it really, I think, is going to open some eyes to some people out there that, that need, you know, a different avenue to take. Yeah. You know, I hope so. That's absolutely, a hope. dude. Thank so, you. Thanks for having um, me, guys. Yeah, man. So, so really appreciate it. So uh, to all the veterans out there, thank you for your service. This is the Street Smart Mental Health Podcast. Uh, for my partner, Brandon McNamee, hey. I'm Michael Wellington. Love you. Bye.